0: welcome to the fish house nation podcast presented by catch cover your home for ice fishing news tips stories and strategies and now your host chris larson
1: welcome to the fish house nation podcast we are at the saint paul ice show Wrapping up our coverage here on day three, we've got Josh Claussen with us. And Josh is a tournament angler and really a guy that uh, you may know if you like to watch ice fishing videos. Josh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us a little
0: intro. Yeah, so first off, thanks for having me, Chris. Um, I, uh, former tournament angler, I'm not fishing the tournaments anymore, um, but I fished NAIFC tournaments and the TEIFT tournament circuit um, for a number of years. And that's actually where I met Mike Olsen with Fish addictions um and we've been collaborating on things ever since
1: so awesome what about your tournament uh experience where where were you at there what were you doing um we fished mainly across
0: minnesota north dakota some in wisconsin i mean this is how tournaments go some tournaments you do good some tournaments you do bad it's all based on the fish you put in you know your, all your pre-work days um a week at a time sometimes pre-fishing these lakes dialing in bites and you get a weather change come through during the tournament so it's just you kind of luck of the draw so to speak but we did have some good finishes um a lot of top 10 finishes. Um, I believe we got 10th at uh, one of the national championships. And, yeah, just just a fun time, though. So
1: Yeah. What was your experience like at Fish Addictions?
0: Really good. Um, so me and Mike uh, had met, and kind of the inception of Fish, fish Addictions initially was to do um, short video reports that you could watch on your cell phone. And we spent almost two years doing that, just me and him filming each other back and forth. And then um, from there, it evolved into that syndicated television show that we got now. So...
1: Awesome. You're not doing TV with them really anymore? I am, yeah. I still
0: get on a few episodes. Um, I've relocated, so I'm in southern Wisconsin now to when um, we started doing that stuff. I was in Grand Forks, North Dakota.
1: So what we wanted to talk to you today about was taking the things that you've learned on the tournament circuit and Mm -hmm. converting those into recreational angling to help kind of the average, everyday angler catch more fish. What do you see when you're out fishing with recreational anglers Where do you see kind of the holes in their game? So a a big part is the
0: pre-planning, I think, with, with tournaments. Essentially on tournament day, you're working against the clock. Uh, efficiency, time. I mean, the the faster you can get up, get down, get different baits in front of fish, is all in your benefit because you're you're you've only got so much time on the ice in a tournament day. So everything counts. Efficiency, efficiency is a big deal. Um, so with like your recreational guys, if you go out and they say they've got two fishing rods that they bring out, or they only own two rods, and we're going out, um, and maybe they ha- haven't even tied a lure on, and they get out to the lake and they're tying something on and they fish. Um, the ability to adjust when you get feedback from the fish through your electronics is a big one that i see to where they'll, they'll leave the same bait on all day long and not switch it out try something different a different pattern so how do you prepare when you're getting on go ice fishing <laughs> a um, so and i recreation fish just like i'm still tournament fishing and that's that's something that's uh i don't think i will ever lose from that past tournament fishing experience um if i know i'm going to be going fishing on say just a saturday i'm looking at fishing reports from years past on different internet forums. I'm studying contour maps. I'm looking at weather patterns. I'm, you know, let's say I'm going to go chase bluegills and it's early ice. I'm going to rig eight to ten rods which is with different colored baits different profile baits um generally it's fish and plastics always have meat is just a backup tough bite or something like that a weather system comes in it's nice to have a little flavor down there to seal the deal generally though uh generally speaking with plastics um, the way that the plastics are made today just the different flexibilities in the 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 rubber or plastic that they're using in the molds um they, they're you, you can't not make a move even if you try to hold that thing still there's still going to be some movement down under the ice um, but just options, having options is a big deal, being able to you get rejected by a fish reel that up set that rod down grab a different rod get that down as fast as you can in front of that same fish to show them a different presentation option um, is a big deal and i do see that a lot also just fish behavior being able to study what fish do how seasonal patterns seasonal movements where those fish are going to be on particular particular lakes at different times of the year different times of the day being able to predict and then have options as a backup plan and I always tell people you got to have a lot of options, and that's not just the lure, that's not just the rod, that's not just the line, rod, lure, line combination, that's the options of the location, um, backup plan, plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, different types of scenarios that you're going to run into different lakes have different composition every lake is unique you know you're going to get some patterns that are that are consistent from lake to lake but there's going to be subtle nuances around the bottom sub trait the different weed growth in there Um, if you got snow cover different snow cover just the the geography of the lake the surrounding area as well those are all factors that come into play Um, you got to take all of that stuff into the equation and kind of dissect all of that information and put a game plan together Um, another big one is have a game plan and stick to that plan. Plan. i've seen this time and time again with uh, recreation guys or just your weekend warrior type anglers that and and that's that's the difference there is the mindset i'm i'm out there i have a mission and the mission is to catch as many fish as possible to make it a successful day granted getting out on the ice and just hanging out with a bunch of buddies that's a, that's great too but i even when we're out filming and stuff i'm just like go find the fish, go find the fish, go find the fish. I just I get stuck in that mentality when I'm on the ice, which it's a lot of fun. But that's a reward for me is to have that game plan in place and successfully complete that game plan to where you, you accomplished what
1: you wanted to do when you left your house in the morning out on the ice. Yeah, you left. That was a that was quite a nugget right there. It's going to take us a little while to unwrap that. But uh, one of the things that, that you brought up there was plastics. Yeah. And, and you kind of talked about, the action of it, but what are really some of the main advantages for you for using plastic? Why do you choose to do that?
0: Um, let's say you miss a fish. Uh, you don't have to worry if they if they pluck the bait off your hook. Um, that plastic's going to be more durable than a wax worm or a spike. Um, and again, talking panfish here. The plastics can impart a very lifelike movement in them, depending on your jigging cadence, that's going to allow you to show the fish something that you're not going to get out of a waxworm or a spike. Um, you can rig plastics on various types of hooks or jigs, or if it's a horizontal presentation, a vertical presentation, or a vertical presentation. Back to having options, so you can have the option of how your jig stroke is. If you're, if you're doing a, a quarter inch little bumps at a very fast cadence, or if you're doing half inch, kind of making that swim as opposed to vibrate you can do those little quarter inch bumps and do about a two inch jump up about every five six bumps and that's actually how those microscopic organisms swim in the water they kind of flutter in place and then they'll shoot up you know an inch at a time and then they'll shoot up an inch at a time and you're trying to mimic that granted the plastics are much larger than what is realistically down there for the most part i mean if you're looking at blood worms you got plastics are the exact same size as blood worms if you're looking at um, some of the zooplankton type things they're they're like as small as the knot in your line you know so we can't actually get a hook that's that small unless you're doing something like a size 32 fly from for fly fishing but I guess the advantage of plastics, lifelike motion, many different color combinations, just like throwing plastics for walleyes, open water to typical jig and a twister tail. There are thousands of color combinations you could put together. You can rig them differently. They put off different vibrations. The different shape of the plastic is going to put off a different little subtle vibration. And that's going to be related to the fish through the lateral line, that, that feeling of what that bait feels like. So you got a visual stimulation, you've got a sensory stimulation. And then even with some of the new tungsten jigs, like the, what is at the Acme rattle mask not rattle google eye tungsten jig now we got a rattle so we got you know sound movement and visual appeal um, all in that bait presentation and then uh, there are certain plastics that I prefer and it's it's I will take, um, like, I even here at the St. Paul Ice Show, I love coming here because every single year there's new plastics on the market, and I go to or to every single booth and see what they've got for color combinations and then for the shapes of the bait, and then also the flexibility or how soft that plastic is. Some plastics that are too stiff, you don't get the movement out of them, but they move more water because they're stiffer, so you get more vibration out of them. So, like, I've got just your Plano, the the 12-inch trays, I've got those sectioned off, so as many dividers in there. I think I've got five of them now. All kinds of different plastics. And I don't bring all of that out on the ice with me, but that's just kind of my stockpile. And I'll go through and jig um, in uh, like a like a pitcher of water on the kitchen table. My mm-hmm. wife thinks I'm crazy, but I'm rigging up. <laughs> it doesn't sit sound there, crazy sit, at all. <laughs> yeah, right. But I'll sit there and I basically I want to know what jig stroke I need to impart on this piece of plastic to make it look and swim how I think it should look and swim and since the advent of the underwater camera you can now watch how your jig stroke um, relates to fish activity. The biggest uh, thing to know with plastics is how to jig them. Um, Another thing with plastics is, I'm not going to say they don't work if they're not moving, but you want to continuously move that plastic. If you're doing a, a certain jigging cadence, you're getting a really good undulating motion out of that plastic. Maybe it looks like a small leech, maybe it looks like a mayfly larva swimming. And you get that motion going, and that's drawing fish in. A lot of guys, when they see that mark get close to their lure, they freeze up and they stop, and then that mark is going to fade away. What you want to do is invoke a chase response. You want to continue that jigging cadence, maybe speed it up a little bit, because if you're thinking about it, you're a little bug down there, and here comes this big predator. Could be a seven-inch bluegill, but that's a monster predator coming after you if you're a little bug. You're going to try and get away from that, because you know he's going to try and eat you. So you want to impart that type of scenario, that type of action in that situation to where that fish is going to come in and, oh he's getting away I got to speed up and hit him so
1: So you're trying to just elicit that predator response absolutely even on a prey species like a bluegill awesome yeah they're used to getting chased but they do some chasing as well (laughs) one of the things that you and I have talked before one of the things that you kind of like to bring to the game I think you call it like the rule of threes. Yeah, absolutely. Tell um, us about that. So, and this
0: actually comes from way back in the day, watching In Fisherman as a little kid on Saturday mornings, and I, I believe it's Doug Stangy. Um, that's it was something about three as a pattern, and I've turned it into the rule. The rule of three. It's taking to develop a pattern. If you get if you catch three fish on the same bait doing the same thing, that's a pattern. So if you're fishing, and I'm going to just use bluegills or panfish in general as, uh, as the scenario here because you get so much more feedback um, through your electronics. You have so many more encounters with fish. Um, it's harder to do on a night bite, uh, a daylight transition bite for walleyes on a piece of structure because you only get so many shots mm-hmm. to where bluegills, it's, it can be all day long. So if, you're, um, if you get rejected three times, change. If you, and when I say change, first I'm going to change my jigging cadence. So I get rejected by a fish three times on the same jigging cadence with the same plastic, the same bait. If that, then I'm going to change my jigging cadence three different times. And if I still get rejected three times on each of those three different jigging cadences, I'm going to switch baits. Um, It could be, You generally it's color first, um, and everyone's got their confidence baits. Mm -hmm. I like a horizontal tungsten with a flat plastic that pushes a lot of water and has a lot of movement with it. Maybe some appendages up front to give it more of that buggy look. And if you get rejected on three different color combinations by running through that whole scenario, um, then you change to a different shape or a different profile plastic, something that's pushing water differently. Maybe it's a vertical plastic. Maybe it's a a horizontal plastic on a vertical jig, which we call vertical. just to give it a different look. And for the most part, you're not going to need to run through that many scenarios. It sounds like a lengthy process to really dial it in. Mm -hmm. But once you catch a fish on that color combination, that jig and cadence combination, if you can repeat that three times, now you got a pattern, so now it's repeatable. So that's kind of an explanation on what I call the rule of three.
1: Sure. How are you using your electronics?
0: How am I using my electronics? Um, they're all tools. Uh, with fishing um, you get feedback from those tools and it's it's all it's that information you're consuming information they're giving you're they're telling you if that fish is coming if we just talk a traditional flasher here um, you're getting uh, feedback of where your jig is and where that fish is in relationship to your jig and you can tell if that fish is hot and getting excited and coming up fast or if he comes up and he's right on your jig and then he's starting to fade away so you did something wrong he didn't like whatever you did so you're getting that type of feedback from your traditional flasher where it's, it's just a mark on a screen um, and you're, you're interpreting what is going on down below you inside your head. You're taking that that those signal returns on screen and you're determining what is going on through that type of um, data transfer if you will. Now if we move to an underwater camera now we have actual imagery of what is going on down there of how close in proximity that fish is to your bait. So on a traditional flasher that fish could be not even coming into your bait and just swimming past it and you don't know that really. You're just assuming you're making assumptions to where an underwater camera you actually know exactly what's going on but there's some restrictions with an underwater camera because it has a field field of view. If you're looking horizontally you're only really looking at maybe a two foot chunk of the water column. Mm -hmm. To where a flasher you've got the entire water column but you're looking uh, it's a cone angle so think of you got a flashlight and you're pointing it straight down in a dark room. Wherever the light touches that's your cone angle. If you got a wider cone angle like a floodlight you're going to look at a wider swath of that water column if you've got more of a spotlight a narrower cone angle it's a narrower swath the deeper you get the bigger the footprint of that cone angle is so you're still restricted as to what you can see now with something like panoptics the advent of panoptics were getting the best of both worlds. We've got um, a very, it's a live response of more than just a signal return. We've got shapes and, and proximity horizontally as well as vertically as they relate to our bait's location in the water column. And then um, turning it into side scan mode or um, panning mode, you can see great distances. Um, and that's more for search tactics, but just actual fishing. Um, it's, it's taking all of that feedback and, and making decisions based off of what your observations are. That's good stuff, man. I can tell you've done this a few times before. <laughs> I uh, My first word uh, was bish when I was i don't know 18 months old or a little older than that i guess my parents always tell me that it wasn't mom or dad it was bish which is fish it's my version of fish so i've I've been obsessed with fish addicted if you will um since uh my furthest back memories so
1: awesome how about uh what you're doing for drilling holes that's the thing you always hear from tournament angles oh yeah absolutely um
0: I drill a lot of holes. When I'm out, I drill more holes than most guys do, and that comes from search fishing on tournaments because you're trying to learn a lake you've never been to in a couple days' time, and you've got to tear that lake apart. And I've, I've ran many different augers um, out there, and as far as that style of fishing for... Uh, that tournament style of fishing, drilling so many holes to make it easier on your body. The best thing that I've used that's come out was what came out last year was that Eskimo pistol bit on a 20-volt DeWalt drill. Um, Carry three or four batteries with you. um, You can drill four or 500 holes in a day's time Uh, I'm not doing the tournament stuff anymore so I'm not going that intense but it's not uncommon for me to drill 300 holes in a day if I'm searching, Um, there's a couple lakes down where I'm at in Wisconsin now that um, are cribs, all the fish relate to cribs and one of them has close to 70 cribs in it and you're Running around figuring out which cribs are holding the bigger fish, and they change throughout the season. So that search is kind of always on. But you'll you'll get your hot cribs where you'll you can fish them for a couple weeks. Um, but then the fish shift and move around. So just think about how, how, your style of fishing. Um, how many holes you plan on drilling what type of fish you're going after if you're fishing out of a hard shack if you're fishing out in the open if you're fishing out of a flip shack or a hub shack those are all different um situations that you can put yourself in so it's it's, it's taking that into account to make that decision of what your style of fishing is to to figure out what's going to be the best tool for the job essentially and for me a six inch pistol bit all day long you live in southern wisconsin yep, huh? southwestern wisconsin
1: yeah what's ice fishing like down there
0: hasn't even started yet
1: <laughs> not um, right now but what I mean, what is it like yeah absolutely down there? It's so it's
0: it's, it's a different vibe for sure i grew up in north dakota um and just to put that into perspective uh the p- entire population of the state of north dakota is like seven hundred and fifty thousand. wisconsin 7.5 million so it's 10 times the amount of people and then i'm about about an hour southwest of madison wisconsin where i'm at And there's a lot of people. And I fish the lakes in Madison, which is kind of cool and not cool at the same time. Um, But essentially it boils down to extremely pressured fish so you've got to be on point with your your jigging cadence if you do anything wrong especially those big bluegills anything over nine inches they've seen everything under the sun and that's where like again st paul i show i'm scouring for new plastics different shapes these fish have not seen before to go down but you i mean you got to start your jigging cadence as soon as your jig enters the water pounded it all the way down to where the fish are at and then work those fish and every single fish is a reward and that's it's that's challenge i actually enjoy fishing very pressured water because if i can have a su- successful day out on the ice on extremely pressured water i'm i know i'm doing something right
1: we well, were talking tournament tactics for recreational anglers there's something i didn't ask you about mm-hmm. that you wanted to talk about
0: probably pre-planning you know gathering information before you ever step foot on the ice that's another big part doing your homework Um, Getting online, looking back at fishing reports. I know the internet forums have kind of died, but now we've got Facebook groups. And if you can go back, if if you're not just looking at the last two weeks before you go out. You want to go back last year and see what what was going on this time of year for those seasonal patterns on the body of water you're after. You can go back four, five, six, seven years and find those old internet fishing forums and dig up that information. Um, But that's, I guess that would be the only thing. Awesome. so i think we didn't
1: josh Clausen, thanks so much for coming on the yeah, show Yeah, thanks a lot for having really me. really appreciate it, it some great insight we want to have you on again um, but uh, get you back on the show floor and talking with all the people that are here that i'm sure are enjoying getting a chance to talk to you out there i'd be glad to do it thanks for having me chris awesome thanks for watching thanks for listening we'll talk to you next time thanks for listening to the fish house
0: nation podcast presented by catch cover for more ice fishing content visit our blog at catchcover.com